morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to what will be the last podcast for season one. We started this, I don't know, towards the end of 2022 to see if it was possible. We've done, I think this will be episode 26, and we'll be focused mainly on juniors. We certainly recorded a lot of good informative episodes along the way and we will be returning to the CVU School Counselor podcast next year with some new topics, new ideas, new interviews and want to end this year by thanking everybody for listening. Today's podcast is really going to focus on on our juniors, um, the seniors to be and things that they can be doing over the summer, things that we have already talked to them about but that they can be doing over the summer to come into the school year, the 23-24 school year, not only ready to have the best academic year possible, but really be set up well for the post-secondary planning process. In this podcast, we are going to talk mainly about starting the college search, the college application process. However, here at CVU, the school counselors, the school, we don't really have a preference for what our students do beyond beyond CVU. We just don't want them waking up the day after graduation going, what do I do now? Where do I start? There's lots of resources in this building, no matter what your plan, and any plan is a good plan. as long as there's a plan and we really want to encourage students to seek out their school counselors Susie Moakley any of their trusted resources their advisors and talk about start having the conversation about what their plan is I will put several links as reference in the show notes and some of those links include will be for the dual enrollment podcast that Susie and I did with Amy Dodge. I will post the College Visit podcast with Gage Monroe from UVM's PRISM Center. And then I will also post a link to the College Essay show that we did with Kathleen Gibbs, writing composition teacher here at CVU. Which reminds me, one of the things that we have talked with students about in every writing composition class. So all juniors are enrolled in either practical writing or writing composition. And we go into those classes and we talk about life beyond CBU. And we start to talk to students about the things that they need to do now or can start doing now to prep for this. And one of those things uh, involves asking for letters of recommendation. We've talked about how to ask for letters of recommendation. We've talked about manners using please and thank you. We've said this in multiple podcasts, but one of the important things that we stress is to not ask for letters of recommendation over email. So it is important for students to ask for those letters of recommendation in person wherever possible or request a time where they could find a teacher to ask in person. Teachers do write these letters outside of class time and are an additional duty that they take on uh, outside of the classroom. 
Teachers view them as a gift to their students, but they do have a finite capacity for what they can accomplish with their classroom responsibilities before many of the application deadlines. So it is important to not wait until the last minute uh, to ask. It is important, as I said earlier, and as we have said in previous podcasts, to make sure we are using our manners, not asking over email, and understanding that because a teacher says no, that does not mean that a teacher wouldn't write anything nice about you. That teacher simply has indicated that they likely have too many letters to write by November 1st or November 15th. And when they ask you your deadlines, if if your deadline is January 15th, they might suddenly have time to write that letter. So asking teachers in advance really is necessary to make sure that your application packet is complete and able to be submitted on time. Speaking of application packets, one of the most important components of a student's application is the essay. Counselors went into every single writing composition and practical writing class and talked about the Common App essay. We talked about possible topics, we talked about voice, and then teachers led supported units where students actually drafted their common application essay. About 75% of students have historically used the essay that they drafted in writing composition or practical writing as part of their application, and this does smooth out the fall a little bit when students know that they have they were able to spend several weeks drafting editing revising their essay and they don't have to do it all in the fall in addition to fall sports jobs new classes all that kind of stuff they don't have to write something new something original without all of the support to that end It is important to understand that we have talked to colleges on this podcast about um, the essays. We've talked to colleges on our junior college panel night, and they truly want those college essays to be, um, they want those essays to be the students. They understand that there are going to be mistakes. They understand that um, the essays might not be Uh, perfect, but they really do want to hear the student's voice. They want to see the student's writing style. Um, And so it's we really talk to students in those classes about taking advantage of that opportunity so that they they really do have the venue to draft something um, powerful and meaningful to them. And again, in the show notes will be our, uh, my conversation with Kathleen Gibbs, where we talk specifically about the, the essays and how she guides students through the process of uh, revision and finding the topics that um, really are at the heart of what they're wanting to talk about. So to that end, here are the essay topics for 23-24. I'll read them briefly. Some students have a background, identity, interest, or talent that is so meaningful they believe their application would be incomplete without it. Please share your story. The lessons we take from obstacles, this is essay prompt number two, 
The lessons we take from obstacles we encounter can be fundamental to later success. Recount a time when you faced a challenge, setback, or failure. How did it affect you? And what did you learn from the experience? Reflect on a time when you questioned or challenged a belief or idea. What prompted your thinking? What was the outcome? Reflect on something that someone has done for you that has made you happy or thankful in a surprising way. How has this gratitude affected or motivated you? Discuss an accomplishment, event, or realization. This is prompt number five. That sparked a period of personal growth and a new understanding of yourself or others. Prompt number six. Describe a topic, idea, or concept you find so engaging that it makes you lose all track of time. Why does it captivate you? What or who do you turn to when you want to learn more? And prompt number seven, the one that a vast majority of the students here use, would be share an essay topic of your choice. It can be one you've already written, one that responds to a different prompt, or one of your own design. So in this podcast, we talk briefly about letters of recommendation. We talk briefly about essays. There's several links and show notes to various conversations that we have hosted over the, the past year. And one of the other components of this writing composition, practical writing class visits um, has been the introduction of Naviance to students. Naviance is the electronic tool we use to submit student application data from CVU, such as transcript, letters of recommendation, mid-year reports, that kind of stuff. But it is also a tool that every student has access to. And we did make sure that every student got access, was able to access the tool, play with the tool, search for schools. So every student has login information for Naviance. But it is a tool that we have historically used here, well, for as long as I've been at CVU, which is now approaching 25 years, it's been we've had it for a good, vast majority of that time. And the beauty of Naviance is it's just another college or college search tool, but it is one that can become very CVU centric for students. So we don't care if you use Google, College Board, Niche, any of the search tools that are out there. They're all great. They all provide students with a wonderful broad spectrum, broad stroke look at the schools and what they have to offer. The unique piece about Naviance is that it does have a bit of a CVU slant to some of the data in that because we've used it, students have entered in, the school has entered in all sorts of non-identifying but academic profile information such as the average accepted GPA to a particular school, average accepted test scores or test score ranges at particular schools. So students really can on Niche, College Board, all those other tools, they can compare themselves nationally to applicants at that particular university. But with Naviance, they can not only compare themselves nationally, but also to former CVU students. And one of the other nice things about Naviance and the CVU component is that students can identify, they can really begin to see, all right, are there other CVU students at this campus? 
is there a way for me if I'm on this campus and I need a ride home? Is there somebody on campus who lives in my community? Um, and then we've also had admissions offices connect students at the university and at CVU and students can have conversations around how prepared were they. Um, so Naviance does provide students with that, that CVU connection that the other tools don't have. Um, so it can provide just that extra layer of yeah, this is a reach school for me, this is a safe school for me, or you know what, my peers coming out of CVU have been, um, have a very high acceptance rate at this institution. This is really uh, possibly a target school for me. So every student has accessed Naviance, every student has explored Naviance, even if they tell you they haven't, they have. Um, and all that needs to happen, if they have lost their username, lost their password, just make sure they reach out to their their school counselor and we can reactivate their account. One of the reasons I mentioned Naviance is the focus of this podcast, the final podcast of the year, really is around the current juniors and how they can start senior year kind of already rolling and one of those things is if they haven't continued to do the college searches we introduced to them during their writing composition class or during their individual meetings with us is they really can jump into Naviance or one of those other search tools and really find some schools that they're interested in visiting and then getting onto some of those campuses. Having that information prior to the start of the senior year really is um, it's a great way to start the year because you kind of have some ideas. You can sit down with your house counselor and focus on other things that are important in the process rather than needing to start a search from scratch for the very first time. Sometimes it's really important and really helpful for students to have looked for schools, been on some tours that they have found through Naviance or one of those other tools, and then sit down with their school counselor at the start of the school year and do a lot of the revision to those searches. What are some other schools with these criteria that I know I like? Or can you help me narrow down my list from 10 to 6? Those are super fun and exciting conversations to have. and really powerful to have in November rather than scrambling to have them closer to May 1st. The other reason accessing Naviance is important is one of the things that we will be, the school, we being the school counselors will be sending out, is an email to all current juniors with some of these bullet point tasks that they can work on over the summer, one of which is completion of uh, the survey we want all seniors to do in Naviance called Personal Information Survey. Every teacher is going to ask students for some additional information for their letter of recommendation. We'll send an in a link to this Personal Information Survey. And students, if they do it, then all they have to do is print a PDF of the survey or ask their school counselor to print a PDF of the survey. and teachers can have access to that information versus the student filling out multiple surveys from multiple teachers who are asking for a letter of recommendation. Though not mandatory, the survey really does provide 
the letter writer some direction, some guidance, some high, things to highlight elements of the students' four years here that they would like their recommender to highlight. So it's a good idea to get it done. It can lessen the burden in the fall. And as I said, it's, it's typically one less thing that has to be done and can be done over the summer when things are significantly more relaxed. Lastly, today we're going to talk about the common application. Common application is the application most of our students will use to apply to the schools of their choice. Essentially what it is, is one, for the most part, boilerplate application. Every school takes the information from it, and then there are some other sections that are school specific. So what we'll do for the next couple minutes is just go through the common application really quickly, give you all some highlights, and hope that you take this information in and come in to school in the fall with a big chunk of the common application done. So first of all, you'll find the common application by just going to apply.commonapp.org. Simple. Create your student account, and then if you have some schools in mind, I would suggest going to the college search field and clicking that, because when you click on that, this isn't a new college search tool. This is an opportunity for you to type in the schools that you are interested in attending. So let's pick on University of Vermont. So you go to the college search tab at the top of the screen after you create your account. You type in Vermont, which I am doing, and you will see a couple of schools. You'll see Vermont State University and University of Vermont. If you click Add, you will add the University of Vermont to the list of schools that will appear under the My Colleges tab. If you click on v University of Vermont under the My Colleges tab, you're going to see some application information, some deadline information about University of Vermont, and you're also going to see a heading for application, and underneath that is a section for questions. These questions are specific to your application, so you're going to identify your start term, you're going to identify whether or not you would like UVM to consider your standardized test scores, and before we have a conversation about standardized test scores, I would highly encourage you to talk to your school counselor about whether or not to use standardized test scores. UVM, almost all institutions are committed to being test optional on, through 2026. If you feel that the addition of your test scores would positively impact your application, by all means submit them. Otherwise, it is up to you. Um, as to whether or not you want to submit your application. So enter in whether or not you want to use your standardized test scores in the application. UVM has an additional optional, and I emphasize optional, essay that you'll see right there on the front page. And then there are some other headings down below around students choosing what their potential major might be, asking whether or not they have previously applied to the University of Vermont, asking if any siblings currently attend UVM or if any parents have attended UVM. Are you a resident 
of Vermont, and then there's what they say is a writing portion, but really it is several questions about military service and have you been um, disciplined or found um, guilty or convicted of a misdemeanor. So the residency question is important because moving forward in this application season, UVM will again be offering no application fee early action applications for Vermont residents. We highly recommend that students go through the process of searching out their schools within the common application and looking under the My Colleges tab and the questions section to identify whether or not there are additional writing portions required of them during the application process. All of that information will be listed in this um, under the My Colleges tab under the school specific tabs. Some will have extra essays embedded within the questions link. Others will have an additional portion that is labeled writing supplement and then has uh, a series of questions for students to uh, respond to and submit. Starting this work in the summer, identifying the essays that are necessary, working through the writing and revision process really is going to alleviate a lot of the stress at the start of the school year, especially if students are applying early action to schools that do have writing supplements or more than one writing supplement. Once you have explored the college search tab, the My Colleges and some of the school specific questions tab, if you go to dashboard, the dashboard is going to list all of the schools that you are interested in and then if you click show more details it's going to give you a ton of information right there on your home screen your login screen about each of the schools that you're applying to what portions of the application of the common application do you have left to do what are some deadlines all of that information is is visible right there on the dashboard tab so open up your Common Application account. Again, apply.commonapp.org. Add some schools to your My Colleges tab, play around, look around, and then after you have done all of that, we're going to go to the Common App tab at the top. If you are wondering whether or not the school you are thinking about applying to accepts the Common Application, commonapp.org will allow you to search for the schools that you are interested in. There are more than a thousand member institutions. Chances are really pretty good if you're looking to stay on the East Coast that your school or schools will accept the Common Application. If they are not listed, then chances are pretty good that those particular schools will have a school-specific application. We're going to pick on UVM and Endicott, for example. So UVM does accept the common application. Endicott does not. So if a student is applying to both Endicott and UVM, there will be two separate application portals that they will need to man students will need to manage. One for Endicott and one for UVM. I mention this because as we go in and start exploring the actual Common App questions, it's going to be important for students to know that they have to manage both applications independent of each other. 
There will likely be many similar questions, but they are two separate applications that need to be done by the stated deadlines. So within the common application, there's a profile section, a family section, an education section, a testing section, an activities section, and a writing section. There's also a section called courses and grades, which very few students will need to do. This is a section where some schools do ask for students to self-report their transcripts, but CVU will send a transcript to every school. Very few students will need to complete that on their own. The profile section of the common application simply asks students autobiographical information. Asks them first, last name, birth date, address, contact information, some optional demographic questions, a language section, a nationality section, and then lastly is a fee waiver section. Students are eligible for a fee waiver if they're enrolled to participate in federal free or reduced lunch program, you received an SAT or ACT food waiver, they your, your family receives public assistance, and more. Please re work with your school counselor to determine your eligibility to answer yes that you qualify for a fee waiver in this section. This does not um, this not apply to UVM's in-state early action fee waiver. The family section on the common application generally is going to require the support of a parent or both parents. It's going to ask for a varying degree of information from, in this case, we're going to start with, with my father, because that's who I'm, I'm completing the application as if I was a student. So I'm filling out some identifying information for my dad, then I'm identifying his employment status, I am then indicating whether or not he's currently employed. I'm indicating whether or not he has graduated from college or university or graduate school. And then I'm answering a lot of questions around how many schools did this parent attend, number of degrees and what those degrees were, what those specific schools were. Um, so I'm doing that for both parents. It can take some time. Not every student has this information on hand, but it is important information for the application. And then the last question after you answer that for one or both parents would be some sibling information. How many siblings in your house? The next section on the common application is the education section. The first thing that a student is going to, to do is identify that they are a student at Champlain Valley Union High School. They're going to enter in their date of entry, which I believe is August of 2020. We are not a boarding school. Students will graduate in June of 24. And for most students, the question about um, progression, just say there's been no change in progression. This section is one that I know I typically work with uh, my students on because it's gonna ask for graduating class size. We're somewhere in the 350 range. We do not rank. Our GPA scale reporting is on a four. 
Uh, students were gonna, are required to enter in their cumulative GPA, which can be found within Naviance, and we have an unweighted GPA. So those are all questions that we just answered, but I will help students uh, answer those really quick when we have our meetings. They're going to enter their current or most recent year courses. All of this information is easily accessible within PowerSchool, and you're going to do it for both semesters, so the full school year. You're gonna enter in all of the courses that you're gonna take. This is really important because second semester, should you wanna make changes to your schedule, you can do that, but we need to seek permission from the schools that have already accepted you or schools that have yet to offer you a decision, you really need to make sure that dropping whatever class it is is not going to negatively impact your admissions decision. And yes, schools will know because you what courses you have for the school year because you will have self-reported them in this field and they're reported on your transcript. Another section is honors. Do you wish to report any honors related to your academic achievements? So if you're on academic leadership council, things like that, if you received a department specific award, if you were on honor roll, all of that information, all of those recognitions can go in this honors section. Community-based organizations, very few of our students have received assistance from a community-based organization. And future plans, if you're completing this application, this isn't where you choose a major or anything like this. This is just indicating how far you plan to go. The testing section is next. We've already talked about this section. If you plan on re self-reporting standardized test scores, please know that these are not considered official test scores and any school that you are using your standardized test scores to support your application will not accept your self-reported scores as official and you will need to contact SAT or ACT and have them send your official test scores to those schools in order for those schools to have received official test scores. If you're not going to self-report standardized test scores, just click no and that section will be done. And for many of you, when you open this testing section, it may already have a green check because it's optional. Now that schools are um, test optional, it really is up to the student to decide if standardized testing will positively impact their application. And for most, they're just choosing not to do it, so it's already automatically selected to no. The activity section, just like the family section, takes a little bit of time. There's a lot of things that count as an activity in this section. Work, job counts. Clubs or activities you participate in outside of school count. Your varsity, JV, club sports count. Academic awards, so if you are on athletic leadership or anything like that, that counts. If you are um, participating in the theater program, that counts. All of your volunteer service, that counts. And in this section, you have a maximum of 10 activities you can list, and it's not about quantity, it is about quality. Some students have worked all four years throughout high school. They work anywhere from 20 to 40 hours a week. They don't participate in a sport, but their job, their employer, is a really important part of their life. They have a lot of responsibility there, and so they might have only one activity, um, but it says a lot about a person's character, kind of how they have moved up, 
through the ranks at that job. So, and that might be all that they list. Other students are gonna have 10 activities that they list and they're gonna have a hard time choosing between them. The hard part with this section really is when it gets to the point where you are answering the question, please describe this activity, including what you accomplished and any recognition you received. Oh, and by the way, you have to do all of that, not in 150 words, but in 150 characters. So it's really important that students are consistent in how they are abbreviating, punctuating, and responding in this section because you don't want to have multiple formats, but you also have to be super specific because you only have 150 characters. When we get back to school in the fall, your school counselor can certainly help with that, but seeing as how you're starting this over the summer, you can kind of get some thoughts down um, as to what you want to say in that particular section. You're going to indicate how many or what grade levels you participated in that particular activity. Is that a school year activity? Is that a school break activity? Or is that an all year activity? So for example, a job might be an all year activity, whereas varsity lacrosse will be a school year activity versus your club lacrosse, which might be an all year activity. You right there have three activities that you could potentially list in this particular section. You're going to indicate the number of hours spent per week and the number of weeks spent per year, as well as indicate whether or not you want to participate in this activity in college. It doesn't mean that you're going to be um, soliciting feedback from the varsity lacrosse coach. It just means that the school might reach out and contact you saying, we heard you're interested in varsity lacrosse. And if you're wondering where they might have gotten that information, it comes from that question on the survey. And again, you have a maximum of 10 activities that you can list in this section. And speaking of sports, uh, Ricky McCollum and I did a podcast on uh, the recruiting process and what that might look like for uh, potential college-bound student athletes. I'll try and post a link to that in the show notes as well. So lastly, within the Common App set of questions, there is a portion called writing. The last section for students on the common application really is the one they probably stress over the most and that is the writing portion and as we talked about before students should enter this process with an essay that they drafted in writing composition that's largely done and certainly appropriate for uploading into this section but in this section students will uh, it will indicate whether or not the writing portion is required, and at most schools it is. Students will indicate which essay they are responding to, and then they have the option of either copying and pasting or simply linking through their um, Gmail account uh, the, the document into, their, into the Common App box there. It's a Google Drive link right there. Just enter in your username and password and it find the document and it uploads it right into the box. Be mindful of the fact that it is a very hard 650 word cap. And if you are at 655, the last four words of your essay will be missing. And lastly, there's an additional information section. There's will continue to be a response to COVID question. We generally advise students not to enter anything in this portion. And then 
there's a a section a an additional information section where you may use this space below to provide any additional information you wish you wish to share about your application so for example if you were not able to adequately describe your activity in 150 words or there's something unique about you let's say you did some published research you can link the publication here you can link your youtube channel here where you might have a million viewers who watch you juggle you might also link your art portfolio here if you are not applying for a major that requires you to upload an art portfolio you could certainly link that here there's a lot of things you can do within this additional information section again work with your school counselor to determine whether or not what you're thinking about doing or wanting to upload is actually appropriate and going to add to your application and not detract from it. For now, I think this is a good place to end the 22-23 podcast season. I think with everything from the personal information sheet to essay writing, to writing additional writing prompt exploration to common app exploration to college tours to college searches searches i think students have a lot on their plate for this upcoming summer hope that there is also time in there to relax we look forward to seeing you all in the fall it's been a ton of fun producing these looking forward to next year thank you all again for listening we'll talk to you soon bye, -bye.